What's up, Danny? Hey, how's it going, Tyler? Oh, pretty good. Just ready for episode 147 of Fried Squirms. We're getting so, so close. We are. To 150. And we have some ideas for how that's going to go down. And it looks like it's all going to come together, hopefully. But until then, today we're going to be talking about... I mean, it's going to be up as Zombie 2. What wow. should... <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can you can call it Zombie, Zombie 2, Zombie, zombie Flesh, flesh eaters. eaters. God, how many more names was there for it? There's like the Island of the Walking Dead, Nightmare Island... There's all kinds of names for this film. <laughs> so, yeah, it's all the same film. Zombie, the Dead Walk Among Us, Woodoo. Yeah, <laughs> German. Others. Exactly. Anyway, Zombie 2. If you're wondering why we're doing number two, it's because we've kind of done number one. Yes. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But before we get there, how was your week, man? Yeah, pretty chill for the most part. Didn't do a whole heck of a lot. I did catch one other Fulci film just because I own you know, several of them. So, yeah, that's about it, really, for the most part. Just playing some Witcher, catching up on some shows and things like that. How about yourself? Yeah. Mostly playing some Red Dead Redemption 2. Nice. Fun. Doing that sort of shit. Yeah, not too much this week. Just sort of work and sleep and some video games when I could. So. Yeah. Shit. So, I'm still going to have to come up with a bumper for this segment. <laughs> I should, honestly, I probably still have a bumper of a bong getting hit from back in the old smoke in the breeze days but let's get into some fucking green hits yeah man let's see i was gonna load up some lemon amnesia i decided against it because when we looked i got some of this new blue city diesel crop in and it just looks and smells fantastic a hybrid from hybrids it's a blueberry and new york city diesel cross Hell yeah. So one of those is a indica dominant hybrid. The other one's a sativa dominant hybrid to make this hybrid hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But here, I'll hand that over to you. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, so. The blueberry comes through quite a bit in it, so. Definitely like blueberry. No complaints. I've been getting a good relaxed from it. I've only had it around for the past day or so, but yeah. I decided it probably wouldn't put us out too much. Yeah, definitely has a, a nice green taste. A little bit of that diesel comes through. I like it. A little it, bit man. of the diesel, yeah. yeah. Not overpowering, but yeah, it's a good taste, man. Overall. Maybe even a little bit more of the diesel than that sour diesel I had last week. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a really nice taste, man. I enjoy that. Yeah, and this week I brought over still some of the bubblegum, which I've mentioned the last two weeks. But then I also brought over some Headbanger, which is another one of those sativa-dominant hybrids. And this one's kind of popular at our particular dispensary. Makes it just for the pure taste of it too it, it gives you a pretty nice relaxed high it's a little bit uplifting and you do feel a little bit energetic you know so uh yeah i like it man i brought it in the joint form so we'll get into that a little bit later on in the episode Ooh, berry diesel yeah yeah that's a good name <laughs> for those who want to get in the industry oh man anyway i guess let's get into the guts and bolts of zombie 2 yeah guts and bolts Guts and bolts. You heard that in a demon voice, whatever. All right, so to start, synopsis. A seemingly abandoned boat coming ashore at New York. That's yeah. at New York, right? New York City sets off a chain of events where a young woman, with the help of some others, tries to find her father down in the midst of the islands and potentially voodoo's taking place <laughs> also zombies in the fucking title so zombies exactly like good brief synopsis of kind of what you're getting yourself into and of course from week to week we like to talk about our cast and crew and we're no stranger to this gentleman this will be our second foray into covering some lucio fulci so with that in mind we have covered the beyond that was our episode 80 some right off the top of my head i can think of are his three Gates of Hell trilogy, which include The House by the Cemetery and City of the Living Dead. Uh, one I watched this week was New York Ripper, which is a pretty decent film. He's also done things like The Black Cat. He's done Contraband. He's done... Uh, was Don't Torture a Duckling his? It certainly is. Yeah, he did his foray into Giallos. He's done his spaghetti westerns. He's done his comedies. So he's kind of gone all through the genre spectrum. So keep that in mind. <laughs> all right, so... Our writing team is composed of a couple, and that is Elisa Briganti. She's helped writing the scripts for such films as The House by the Cemetery, 
Manhattan Baby, which is another Fulci film, 1990, The Bronx Warriors, and A Blade in the Dark, and Dordano Seghetti, pretty much known for helping write a lot of the scripts for Fulci as well, is another one of those gentlemen we've covered before. All right, our cinematographer is Sergio Salvati. We've actually talked about him because of our episode of The Beyond, but some of his other films, if you're curious, <laughs> include things like The Bronx Warriors, once again, Desert of Fire, Contraband, just a wealth of films, man. Some really cool shit, too. Puppet Master is one of those I brought up. I was like, damn, Ghoulies Part 2, Crawl Space, so some pretty cool genre films. All right, our editor on this is Vincenzo Tomasi. He's another one of those gentlemen we've talked about because we've talked about him twice because of The Beyond and Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, shit, okay. Yeah, which is really cool. All right, our music was composed by Giorgio Tucci and Fabio Frizzi. Frizzi we talked about because of The Beyond. Beyond. Yeah, like I said, one of those just iconic, like, synthesized scores. All right, our special effects team was composed of Giovanni Codori and Giannetta De Rossi, who is another guy we've talked about before, and that's De Rossi. Our producers on this film are Fabrizio De Angelis and Ugo Tucci. Production company was Variety Film. The distributor was Variety Film for the 1979 Italian theatrical release. It had release dates of August 25th, 1979 in Italy, and July 18th, 1980 here in the States. The budget... This is kind of interesting. It's 410 million lira in Italy. I actually looked back because I was kind of curious for inflation and all that stuff. So in the United States, that would have amounted to about $494,000. Okay. It grossed 3 billion lira, which comes out to be about $3.6 million US. It's a good turnaround. Yeah, pretty nice. All right, the taglines, I've got two that I liked. One is, when the earth spits out the dead, they will rise to suck the blood of the living and the second one is, we are going to eat you. <laughs> I really kind of like that second one, even though it's terrible. Yeah, it's funny because it's mostly on the poster. That's really funny. This is probably a good time to explain how this is Zombie 2, right? Absolutely. So, at the time, Italy, they didn't have any laws protecting films from beginning sequels, even if they didn't have anything to do with the original film. That's why there's like 300... Okay, I might be overstating the number a little bit, but I think there's over 100 unofficial sequels to Django. Oh, I believe it, man. It's craziness. Yeah, so what they were doing, which I did a little research. There's a little bit of controversy here. So because we covered Dawn of the Dead, they were writing kind of off the coattails of that. But the script was actually written before Dawn of the Dead premiered in Italy. So... Depending on who you talk to, it gets a little murky. But long story short, there Dawn was a legal case that did revolve around this. So, our, Dawn of the Dead was re-edited slightly by Argento. Right, exactly. And released as Zombie yep. in Italy. Exactly. Which is why this is Zombie 2, not Dawn of the Dead 2. Absolutely. So keep that in mind, too. So what they did was Argento's production company sued DeAngelis and his production company, right, for basically... Riding off the coattails of zombies, like it has nothing to do with our film. Anyway, the lawyer for De Angelis, his production company, so this guy was kind of a whiz when it came to cinema and law and things like that. But he said there was an 18th century text, like mentioned the word zombie. So the word zombie itself cannot be unique to Dawn of the Dead, etc. Okay. So it was thrown out, essentially. Hmm. And so that's why you have like Zombie 3, Zombie 4, which have nothing to do with this film. <laughs> Isn't Anthropophagus one of the unofficial zombies? Yeah, it certainly Even is. Even though it's kind of famous in its own right at this point. Yeah. Well, it kind of makes sense, too, Infamous. because the Angelus also worked with Joe D'Amato, who did Anthropophagus and a bunch of other mm -hmm. films, so it only makes sense. Yeah, anyway, so that's how this is zombie, too. Yeah. <laughs> Long story is your word. So with that in mind, we can move on to our cast. But that does give you a little bit of history of why this film is called Zombie 2, even though Fulci wanted it to just be called Zombie, which he got here in the States. Right. And Zombie Flesh Eaters in the UK and Australia? I think you're right, yeah. And then some of those other names as well. Yeah, it's really cool. Okay, so first actress I'm going to talk about in this cast is Tissa Farrow. She plays the role of Anne Bowles. Now she is of the Farrow family. Oh, Mia, like Farrah Farrah. Prudence, yeah. Okay. All of them. So she's been in such films as And Hope to Die. She was in the movie Fingers. She was also in Woody Allen's film Manhattan. 
She was in The Last Hunter and a film we just mentioned, Anthropophagus. Mm. Yeah. Moving along, we have Ian McCulloch. He plays the role of Peter West. He is one of the uh, British actors in this film. Now, he's known for such things as Where Eagles Dare. He was in the film Cromwell. He got notoriety, and he was offered this job because of his television series Survivors from 1975 through 1977. He was also in the film The Ghoul. He was in the film Contamination. He was in a few episodes of Doctor Who back in 1984. And he was also in Zombie Holocaust. Is really interesting. Uh, Zombie Holocaust is kind of a ripoff of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? All right, moving along, we have actor Richard Johnson. He plays the role of Dr. Menard in this film, another one of those British stage actors. But some of his other films people probably know him from are such films as The Haunting. He was actually in The Boy in the Striped Jamas. Uh, he played the role of Grandpa. He was in Laura Croft Tomb Raider. He was in the film Some Girls Do. And just looks at a litany of films dating all the way back since the 50s. <laughs> it's interesting to see him in this. All right, next actor we have is actually somebody we've talked about before, and that is Al Cliver. He plays the role of Brian Hold. Now, he is actually one of the Italian actors in this film. One of the films we talked about him on is actually Beyond, but some other films of note. He was in Mondo Cannibale. He was in the film Devil Hunter, The Black Cat. He was in 2020 Texas Gladiators. Murder Rock, Dancing Death, Touch of Death, and Demonia. All right, next actress I have is Oretta Gay. She plays the role of Susan Barrett. She's been known for her roles in such films as Brillantina Rock, The Good Thief, in the film Ombre. We have Stefania DeMario. She plays Nurse Clara, which is Menard's assistant in the film. She was known for her roles in Deported Women of the SS Special Selection. She was also in the film's Cyclone, The Sister of Ursula, and a film I just recently picked up is Nightmare City. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. And the last actress of note that I have is Olga Carlatos. She plays the role of Mrs. Menard. And some of the films that she's been in is probably going to blow your mind when I mention the first one is Purple Rain. What? She played the mother in that film. Oh, shit. Yeah. She was also in Once Upon a Time in America, the film This is the Night, and Senza Buccia. So that rounds out our cast, our crew. You gave us a brief synopsis. Uh, we do have to give you some warnings in this film, for sure. Fulci does gore. Yeah, he was coined, and we mentioned this before, the godfather of gore, along with Herschel Gordon Lewis. So keep that in mind. So you're going to see plenty of blood and guts, all that good stuff. There's some eye play, which he's known for. Mm -hmm. There's violence, some nudity, things like that. Little bit of profanity. Not yeah, much. not much. Uh, like I say, if you're already averse to zombies, you're not going to probably dig this film. Yeah. But, like, if you're averse to zombies, why are you clicking on the title <laughs> Zombie 2? I know, right? Even if you are curious. Zombie flesh eaters. <laughs> yeah, it, the name implies itself, but that's a, a pretty good forewarning what you're going to get yourself into with this film. I wanted to add on one other thing to sort of let people know what they're getting into. Because we're about to, you know, spend however long we end up talking about it, letting them know what we thought. But, I mean, beforehand, oh. with some of these movies, we check out, like, some of the other ratings, too. So, the point. like, it's 69% audience score over on Rotten Tomatoes, which, yeah. That's a pretty good rating, huh? 54 Metascore over on Metacritic, and 6.9 on the IMDb. My personal taste is going towards what the database rates things as. It gives me a better feel, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, it depends. Sometimes I find I'm way more aligned with the critic's score. That's understandable. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't know. I feel like I'm always aligned to one or the other, though. I'm never, like, the audience and the critics don't say oh, yeah. one thing and another, and I'm somewhere in the middle. I usually agree either with the audience or with the critics, you know what I mean? So, yeah precisely um, i don't know i guess we'll talk more about what we exactly thought about this in the how did it make us squeal how does that make you squeal hell yeah so zombie 2 i haven't fit in any other fulci between the beyond and this so this is only my second time with fulci it was good I do have to say, between this and The Beyond, I'd rather watch The Beyond. But Yeah, I can understand that, for sure. I'd also rather listen to The Beyond soundtrack. I oh, don't, man. But that's the thing. I don't want to try to put this movie No, down, I understand, though. I know what you're saying. I only have two Fulci frames of reference, and 
Yeah. As it is right now, like, I'm going to take the Beyond all day over this. Yeah, but... I can completely understand that. But I might take this over Dawn of the Dead. Mm. I can see that point, At too. At least on valid. rewatchability. I tend to agree with you there. I think watching Fulci and reviewing films and things like that gives me a better appreciation for him overall. Because when I first started watching films by Fulci, like I'd mentioned, like, in the early 2000s, I was kind of like, ah, this feels like a poor man's Argento. You know, mm-hmm. but the more I watch these films, the more I'm like, man, this guy's actually like, he had some balls. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he was doing things a lot of Italians and, and directors in general were kind of like iffy about, but he was passionate about his filmmaking, so he went for it. So yeah, I have a better appreciation for these films overall. This being no exception to the rule, like I really enjoy this film. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's only an hour thirty one minutes. It still kind of feels like it might be 15 minutes too long. Yeah, I mean, there's some parts. They've even mentioned it, too. Like, a lot of people, cast and crew, are like, yeah, there's some parts that kind of sag, and it gets a little drawn out, but, you know. And the acting is all over the place, from wooden to way overacted at times. Although, it's weird, because it's all over the place, because I feel like at times through the movie, the acting is rather wooden. There's times where there's some serious overacting going on. But I think almost every character also has at least a moment in the movie where they're doing something just perfect. Nobody could have done it better. And so you get the entire range. I don't know. I guess right from the beginning, though, the fucking boom headshot opening was dope. (laughs) Yeah, man. So a lot of that stuff is really cool. And because I do, I brought it over, own the film. You know, I got to see a lot of behind the scenes. So when it opens in the New York City Harbor with like the Phantom Yacht and all that stuff that Salvati said that Fulci like drove him in a taxi to a helicopter landing spot mm-hmm. and at that time you could get a helicopter ride around Manhattan for 25 bucks he said you know they strap you in and he's like hell I just brought a camera with me <laughs> and got a bunch of the overhead shots and Bruni which is the camera operator he was the person who was getting a lot of the shots on the harbor okay so he's like the first assistant director or something like that, cameraman. Yeah, they were like that was the first time Salvetti said he ever shot in a helicopter. And they were like, yeah, 25 bucks a pop. Hell, we were getting as many shots as we could. <laughs> so that um, was pretty awesome. I know it wasn't intentional because of how much the rest of this movie is very intentionally trying to be kind of a rooted zombie movie. But the opening with the empty boat sailing into a harbor of a major city yeah. is like, this is Dracula all over the place. Absolutely. And they mention it too. Like, they were using things that were already established, but it wasn't one thing or the other. It was just like a mash of all of it. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I mean, it harkens back to Dracula. <laughs> yeah, it's a twist on it, though, right? Because yeah. it's not like. It's not a vampire film, it's a zombie it's film. It's not coming in at night, right. surrounded by fog, broad daylight, but we're still bringing you. Chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think that's a really cool contrast is what seems like a seemingly perfect day in New York City is ushering in something that's going to be apocalyptic in a sense. So, yeah, I do like that contrast. I got to say, even in this, Jay, I kind of really like the taste of that headbanger. Again, it's really fucking good. Citrusy. Yeah. I like it, man. Lemony. Shit, where were we? Oh, we're just talking about the opening. Yeah. (laughs) Well, not empty. No, it's not. Zombies. We get our first zombie, kind of a heavy set guy. You can look this up on any source, but the guy, I think they, they refer to him as Captain Haggerty, said that during the filming, he would wander into like CBGBs on the Lower East Side. <laughs> and because of the scene at the time, people didn't really pay him any attention. It wasn't anything extraordinary or out of the ordinary, which is kind of funny if you think about it. Mm-hmm. But you do get this kind of interesting thing that separates what Donna the Dead used for zombies versus Fulci's and everybody else's vision of the zombie. How would you characterize the difference? Because I definitely made note of some differences through my notes, and I really like these zombies. They're not super different. No, 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 in terms of the overall zombie. But I think for me it's the visualization of the zombie, where these zombies are very grotesque. I mean, they're seemingly what would look like a rotting corpse coming out of the ground will look like compared to Romero's, which are, they look more human than these zombies, which look like the dead. Right. If that makes sense. 
so in that regard, is like his zombies are uh, going back to the Caribbean and the voodoo roots. Mm-hmm. That's heavily implied, but... Oh, yeah. But they're not the same thing, mm-hmm. but it's just the roots of it. Whereas these, like I said, are super violent. They might have overall moved even slower than Romero zombies. Yeah. If that's point. possible. <laughs> Bringing up zombie speed is important. Yeah, because there's quite a contrast depending on who's doing them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Although, doesn't it get to the point in one of the Romero movies where, like, some of the zombies are straight up, like, almost intelligently using, like, tools and shit? Like, three or four down the line. Oh, yeah. But in yeah. the beginning, they weren't quite like no, that. Exactly. I felt like very these primitive. were. I felt like these were still very basic, but smarter than the Romero zombies from at least the first couple. They weren't operating on pure, just like, go back to the mall instinct. They're kind of right. still stalking a little bit and kind of quiet, actually. I don't think they're being quiet on purpose. I think it's more just that they're dead, so they don't have to breathe to exert themselves. You <laughs> exactly. Know I mean? Right. It's not as physically demanding. But they're as not sitting there like... Yeah, brains and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the thing, too, to keep in mind is just because, you know, they're using the name, right? Zombie, Zombie 2, whatever. These are different takes on the zombie genre in general, right? Which I think that's what's important to keep in mind if you don't know anything about this film. It's like it's not trying to be Dawn of the Dead. This is a completely different zombie film. Man, once they got the bodies back on the land and shit, the black nurse, the black doctor, he just can't get shit right. No. <laughs> I felt kind of bad for him. I'm like, fuck, now you're going to call out his scalpel? Come on, man. I, that was fucked up, wasn't it? <laughs> you got to take better care of your tools. I'm like, damn, that was fucked up. <laughs> oh, I've read something interesting. Now, this is where you get to meet Peter West because he's an, a journalist, apparently. Mm-hmm. And it looked like his chief editor or whoever's running the paper was played by Fulci. Which okay, you can tell yeah, yeah. is like the really bad dubbing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but apparently those were the same offices that Rupert Murdoch owned. Oh, shit. And during some of the filming, they interrupted some of his meetings and he like basically kicked them out of the offices. That's fucking funny. <laughs> so that's, it is kind of funny. So there's a little bit of history there. But I think that's something I like too is that Fulci doesn't mind including himself in his own films. Okay, so... Is there an Italian language version of this, or was it all just that bad English dubbing? Because I wasn't sure. Well, I was just watching it on Amazon, and so I was watching Zombie, I.E., not I. <laughs> it wasn't even Zombie Flesh Eaters. I was watching Zombie. Zombie, right. And I sense. just, I was like, ooh, this is not You can a definitely good, tell. This is not a good dub. Yeah. Is there an Italian language version I, with I subs? think there is. I think okay. there is. <laughs> I mean, when you have a multinational cast, it's like the Italians are strictly speaking Italian, the British and American actors, of course, mm-hmm. in English. So it was done on purpose that way, too. It's like, we know, we're, we're not going to try to mess it up, but you can tell it when it's in spots. Oh, shit. So that doctor, those two that were working on the zombie... I just fucking put this together as I was looking at my notes and I was trying to figure out what I was trying to bring up. Is that what started the apocalypse in the city then? I I didn't put together that we never got to see that payoff of the toe twitch at the end of that scene. Yeah, I know what you're saying, yeah. But no, we did get to see the payoff because that's how it got to the mainland. It just took the entire movie to get there. You're right. It's kind of a neat... Wow, I'm fucking dumb. No, but it's, it's just kind of a neat thing that it takes your mind away from because it happened so early on. That the rest of the film, you know, it's leading up to that point. Well, I was going to bring something else up about the toe twitch. And I feel like it was a a little bit different style of setting up tension for the audience than what we normally see these days. Not that this doesn't still happen, but I feel like these days a lot of tension is set up by not giving the audience any information. And we're following along with the characters themselves. Mm Mm-hmm and learning as they do which is why there's a lot of like popular horror movies that do really well with relying on like jump scares because that's kind of where jump scares come (laughs) from is just shit popping out of nowhere right yeah exactly but then this is a little bit more almost like hitchcockian and old school where as the audience we're given a bit of information that none of the characters know and now (laughs) it's waiting when is this going to pop off yeah. And the longer it goes, the longer that tension builds. Like, 
we know that something bad is going to happen because we saw it set up. You know what I mean? Right. And because this is a Fulci film, you know shit's about to pop off sometime. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of already popped off. That fucking headshot in the beginning, even just that little bit of gore popping right. out the front of the bag right. looked really good. <laughs> and that's another thing of note is how good the special effects are. Like, everything is done in camera. This is one, though, most 90% of the gore in this is done really well. Which makes that other 10% stand out a lot. Because there's a couple times where it's like, that is very obviously not real blood. Oh, yeah. That sort of thing. But some of the shots look, I mean. Yeah, I mean. (sighs) It just, the ones that look so good make the other ones stand out so much more. I I totally agree with you there. And a lot of it is because a lot of this shit was on the fly. But you're right. I think the things that do stand out, I mean, you can tell. (laughs) Some of it looks, I mean, dude, underwater zombie yeah just really how neat. good does that look? i mean we'll get to that because right that is pretty dope <laughs> but i mean that's just impressive that it looked as good as it did in that environment absolutely the funniest scene in the movie was probably them faking their way off that fucking boat oh yeah <laughs> necking don't give me the same old story same old story huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's pretty good i mean it's oh clever. no not another box car <laughs> yeah it's like you can get it where you can get it that was dude i had me laughing pretty hard no i mean it's it's oh no not another box car was fucking great (laughs) (laughs) i don't know a lot of the in-between zombie shit though just sort of drags in this movie it does a lot of the acting isn't that yeah i mean (laughs) no discredit of course to the actors themselves and all that stuff but you kind of know what you're going to get with fulgy films you're going to get some lagging moments but then you get payoffs is essentially what it is. Not that I don't agree with you that, that Fulci didn't have a lot of balls. Like, I fucking watch The Beyond, you know what I mean? But I wish he had enough balls to apply <laughs> dream logic to this movie oh, so that man. it at least moved at a brisk fucking pace. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you're saying, dude. It does take a while to get to the point. So we find out that her dad hasn't been seen because the police are like, it's his boat. Yeah, where's he at? He wasn't out in it. And she's like, I don't know, I ain't heard from him. Investigative journalist finds out, oh shit, here's a letter from the tropics. Yeah. Which brings up, ah, <laughs> one thing at the end really bugs me, but, because they're sailing back into New York, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, they go back down there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they head down to investigate and completely interrupt the vacation of a couple. They do. <laughs> they do. It's kind of odd, right? But that's, that's the partnership we get. You get cutaways down to the other characters, so you learn about Dr. Minard. Was it Minard, right? Right. I just was like, oh my God, did they really name him Minards? <laughs> <laughs> right. So the writer, he was talking about some of the tropes that they wanted to use for this film. Because they wanted to bring it back, of course, which is on the nose, the Caribbean voodoo and all that stuff. They said they borrowed certain things from, like, they mentioned the island of Dr. Moreau and things like that. They wanted to make it kind of like that. So that's another one of those things that are just, they had a foundation, they're just using certain things and crafting it to make it their own. I mean, it's like, okay, I I get it. That's why they're going down there. It only makes sense. We find out that Dr. Menard's wife plays the most over-the-top character <laughs> of the entire movie. She really does. <laughs> I mean, I understand she doesn't want to be down there, but she's super dramatic about it. She's in a fucking Mexican soap opera. Telemundo. <laughs> and the rest of them are in a Fulci film. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I, oh, I don't know how early I want to get to this. But from what I understand is, and this is coming from a lot of people who work with Fulci, so this is not me saying it, but they said that he was notoriously more tough on the female actresses. Essentially, they called him a bully because he didn't want to just have a pretty face. He wanted them to do something. So he said he was hard on her and Aretta Gay, who played Susan in this film. What are they supposed to do? It seems like most of the females in his movies, <laughs> their part is to just freeze up when something happens. Essentially. Yeah, so I, I don't know. At the best, know. defend themselves. But, like, it's just usually a futile defend themselves. <laughs> it really is. Unless it's interrupted by something. 
Yeah, and Italians are notorious, too, for using female victims in their films. Mm -hmm. No exception to the role in this film, either. But I do want to go back just for a moment. When they run into the couple and they go scuba diving, right? And you get the the shark encounter. Well, (laughs) as they're heading out to the islands, there's a little detail that I fucking loved. And you just get the shot of the guy on the pier seeing them leave, knowing where they're heading, just crossing himself a couple times. Yeah, he knows. It was actually a really cool shot, I thought. I was like, all right. It was a good setup for the way the movie was going to go. Kind of? Because that implies something a lot more serious than what happens five minutes from then. (laughs) Which, all right, that shot underwater is really cool for a, a couple different reasons. One is the fact that they shot this down in Mexico, which, you know, they had a little bit of production down there. But... The underwater zombie was actually like a stunt guy. They were supposed to be using somebody else, but mm-hmm. he was like, we got an opportunity to use a tiger shark. From what I understood is they baited it for a couple of days and try to get it tired so that way they can actually film with it. Mm. And it's also been stated that they probably sedated the shark as well. But, you know, they got this scene off, but the guys who do the makeup, DeRossi and whatnot, they said that they use clay a lot for the makeup but they also used some kind of latex, like a membrane to seal it. He said, but what happened was the clay would dissolve, but it also create a halo. He said, so that was kind of like um, an unforeseen like bonus for them. Right. He said, because it did look pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't intending it to do that, but it did. So No, it looked like a really good underwater zombie. I, it's like, that's Dude, not easy to pull off. I've seen screenshots of a zombie fighting a fucking shark before, and I did not know it was from this movie. What the fuck? A zombie fights a shark in this movie? It's yeah. a Fulci film that's highly regarded. Yeah, who'd have thought, right? <laughs> but that's one of those iconic moments. Eh, I'd argue it's decently high regarded. I mean, amongst like horror fans, I would I would say. What the fuck? A zombie fights a shark. It looks really good. I liked it. I was blown away. I was like, how did I not know that this was this movie? How was all of those screenshots I had seen in the past not from like some sci-fi production? (laughs) I mean, that would fit in more with like a sci-fi movie. That's why this is more rewatchable than Dawn of the Dead. I will say that, man. It's got some really like what the fuck moments. That's probably one of the first ones. (laughs) Holy shit. A shark, really? Also, I was not expecting Chick to just go full on like 99% 99% naked scuba. <laughs> I wasn't mad. I don't think anybody was mad. But she did. I was like, okay, okay, that's somebody's grandma right now. But <laughs> but she went for it. And yeah, she got attacked by the zombie. And then she we gets get a... naked all the time in this movie. I mean, that's another thing, too, that is notorious for that. That's why I said there's going to be some nudity. That's why this movie's more rewatchable than Donna <laughs> Dead. <laughs> right, hey, all right. So you get her, and not too soon after, like, uh, Mrs. Merard kind of, you know, is tripping and shit. You get a little backstory with Menard. Shit's popping off. There's a plague down there. And the wife eventually is like taking a shower. And when you get peeping Tom zombies right down, right? And that eventually leads to what I put another iconic scene, which is a part of that cover I have. That's one of those scenes, though, where it's like these zombies seem just a tad smarter than Romero zombies. Not much smarter, but... Their force is a little bit more driven. First, the fingers off was fucking great before the eye happened. <laughs> yeah, it's the true. zombie fingers off was oh. really fucking nasty. When I was watching that, I was wanting to ask you, have you ever had your fingers slammed in anything? Oh, fuck Doors yeah, that fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never fun. I've had it happen a few times. Oh, dude, yeah, no, that shit sucks. So it's cringy. But then that eye, dude. Like, we might have to consider this movie for fucking Test Your Fright. Yeah, that's a pretty gnarly scene. For the eye and for the throat rip later. Even though you can see a little bit of the fake of the But still it's a it's a throat. gnarly it's scene. Pretty gnarly looking. Yeah. So that scene it's a six minute scene, right? They said that the eyeball scene, it's a like a one minute shot and they use three different cameras, which is like, Alright, this is cool. They said that part of the reason they did that is they wanted to give the editor a lot of stuff just in case there's imperfections throughout the process. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, like I said, everything's shot in camera, so shit can happen. But <laughs> another neat thing is like when you actually do see the, the eyeball shot is that the cast of Olga's character, it wasn't ready. Like there was a lot of things still drawing, so they can only use one like side. Mm. But 
they said they pulled it off by using like plasticine and using tubes for egg whites and just a little bit for blood because the eye doesn't bleed as much as other parts. So yeah, (laughs) it's, I don't know if you're necessarily expecting it too for the first time either. Because I think a lot of people are expecting cutaways just because of how long it's kind of drawn out too. (laughs) Like, oh, is it going to happen? And then it just keeps going. And And you're like, like, oh, 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 shit. shit. (laughs) Oh, it happened. (laughs) And even the pull away too is pretty good. I mean, her makeup Mm -hmm. is pretty decent. But yeah, that's, for me, for this film, it's like one of those scenes that people remember when you think about this film. Oh, for sure. And zombie versus motherfucking shark. <laughs> oh, dude. So you already got two scenes, right? Right. All right. So wait, um, there's more. Fucking boat's fucked and Brian's looking sunburned as shit. He comes out of that water looking like a fucking lobster, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. He's having too much fun. Oh, they start firing off all the fucking flares and shit. Oh, yeah. Then when they arrive. the shore. Yeah, so. And they meet everybody and yeah, yeah. your dad's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We tried. I made sure he didn't turn into a zombie, though. True that. I mean, you got as fucked up as it is. True that. God, I wish there would have been a twist where it turns out he lied to her. And that was like the zombie that got her in the end. That would have been fucked up, wouldn't it? Or something like that. <laughs> it would have been good. It's understood that there's a plague that spread. And do you think it's because they're non-natives, so they're like drumming up things in the Caribbean? Is that the implication? I think that's what... Is that what you think they think? I kind of think that that might be what they end up thinking. Right. I don't know if that's what they think at first, but I think by the end of all of it, they're that like, might be oh, what they're shit. thinking. I kind of thought the drumming was the, just the natives protecting themselves. I mean, that makes sense too, right? They're aware of what's going on. They know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it's like, take that shit over there. I think Homeboy kind of makes it sound like there might be some sort of voodoo sorcerer moving in, and this is his zombie plague, but he also had the quote about his father talking about when the land spits out the dead, and I'm like, so this is in the Dawn of the Dead universe? (laughs) Yeah. When there's no more room in hell, yeah. the dead will walk the earth. That's right. When the earth spits I mean, out the dead, they'll seek the flesh of the living. That all sounds like part of the same fucking thing, right? It, absolutely. I mean, it's even in one of the taglines I was talking about. Right. So, yeah, it only makes sense. So, Fulci doesn't like that they used the two to make it a Dawn of the Dead sequel. He wanted it just to be zombie. Mm-hmm. They marketed it as a Dawn of the Dead sequel. <laughs> yeah. Is there any reason why it couldn't be a Dawn of the Dead sequel? No, I don't think necessarily. Or just existing in the same universe, coexisting? I would be more inclined towards that, right? It would make sense given what you just said about there's no more room in hell or in the afterlife coming to get you. In my headcanon, they exist in the same universe. There's no reason. I mean, and even timeline-wise, like, it's pretty close, right? Absolutely, dude. What year is Dawn of the Dead? What was it, 78? Yeah. And this is 79? Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. All this entire story just overlapping. We're just seeing another part of it that's not in a mall. And... Right. This is not so much a political or just a social commentary. It's this just is a, a zombie. It, right, right, right. Like, so for them, they were just borrowing things from earlier films of this genre that we talked about a little bit in The Serpent and the Rainbow, right? Mm-hmm. Where it was more like... What did we say? Like the voodooism and stuff like that was completely different than what you think of. Yeah, if you want to hear us talk about voodoo zombies, go check out right. that episode. So they were just rooting a little bit of that, but these zombies are completely these are, different. Right, these are implied to be voodoo zombies, but they're right. nothing like voodoo zombies. No, 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 they're not. And that's what I'm getting at. They're just using that, just the roots of it, but that's about the extent. But I think any voodoo going on is purely defensive. <laughs> I agree. I concur. I think it's the natives just yeah. I like, like keep that this shit, shit there. happens every now and then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. They know how we to know ward what we're off. doing. You motherfuckers <laughs> should be running. <laughs> yeah, because y'all ain't invited to take that out. shit back to the states. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had only one white person. Now there's ah oh. six y'all, four y'all. Yeah, I mean <laughs> three y'all. Soon to be none y'all. <laughs> exactly right, man. Let's see. So after, let's see, the eyeballs, and we talked about that, locals. Oh, one thing I want to mention is like when they go to the mission that's in the barn uh, and yeah. all that shit, the production designer, 
He said that they constructed that completely out of wood. And that gave them something to work with in, in terms of what he was planning to do next. <laughs> he said they built it a little too perfect, right? Mm-hmm. They wanted it to look like it was kind of abandoned, so they took up the missionary in there. He says, so what they did is they brought out a bulldozer and started pushing it. And he says, I want you to push it till it starts to tilt. And then when I say stop, you got to stop. And the guy's like, you're going to knock it over. He's like, no, no, just listen to me, right? Mm-hmm. And so... He said, that's how they kind of got that look. Yeah. It's just like, it's just a little attention to detail. And I was like, you know, he didn't have to do that because more of the attention was in the inside than it was the outside. But to make it look believable, they had to do it like that. It looked believable. I thought that was a real place. I wouldn't have never thought of that. No. But that's kind of the attention to detail that Fulci wanted on his films. And so he got it, which is neat. But yeah, the inside, like the I guess the infirmary or whatever... <laughs> that place looked gruesome, man. Yeah. I was like, that looks fucked up. Looks good. God, in a movie that felt too long, mm-hmm. I do kind of wish we would have gotten a chance to see the doc anguishing over having to shoot so many people. Oh, dude. I felt like we cut away from him, and every time we came back, I felt like it was weighing on him a little bit more because he had been doing it throughout the fucking movie. Yeah, I mean, that's like... But then he didn't do it to the group that mattered the most in the end because he still had all those people in the hospital that he hadn't done it to yet were the ones that fucking rose up, you know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, nothing he could do at that point. I mean, he'd have to blast all of them, (laughs) you know? Okay, once I think the gang, that's what I kind of wrote them down as, find out what happens to Mrs. Menard when they find the zombies feasting on her body. Mm-hmm. Yum, yum. Right. I was trying to eat lunch while I was watching that. <laughs> Everything apparently was edible. Gino DeRossi said that his wife was a chef, and so she helped cook all that. They said edible it wasn't like... taste good is different, though. Right. What the <laughs> right. shit does it taste like? Uh, they said that it was like liver and stuff like that. See, I'm not a fan of liver. Mm, no. So... Heart, maybe. Just enough to like where they can actually eat it and make it look believable is what they want. They want a believability more than mm-hmm. anything, so they had to make something edible. But the entrails and stuff looks a little unbelievable, but that's, you know, it's neither here nor there. It's just, he said if they had one thing to change, it would be like, but they didn't have the time to study pathology and stuff, what it would really look like. Anyhow, once, <laughs> once they're gnawing on her and then they go after the gang. One thing I noted, I was like, this is something that is usually a trope that they break. And I don't think it was intentional. Maybe I'm just reading into it. So when they get into the Jeep, <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's probably not going to start. And it starts right up. <laughs> like, okay, cool. You don't see that very often. Right. Yeah. All right, let's go. Jeep time. I was like, oh, shit. But what they do is that zombie pops out in front of the road and he wrecks. And it's like, ah, did you really sprain your ankle? <laughs> I kind of don't believe that because he was trying to oversell it. He's like, ah, ah, Yeah, so anyhow, um, I guess they get back. Zombies are attacking, all that nonsense. I think it eventually leads to them going to the cemetery and finding that, I guess, when they're looking to get out off the island. <laughs> and there's, like, scenes of, uh, is it well, West and the, her? On the way there, they run into the Conquistador graveyard. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's where another moment kind of pops off, like, Another one of those scenes that is memorable in this film is she gets her, and that I mean Susan, that is, gets her throat ripped out after just standing there. But I'm like, man, I like, yeah. <laughs> it's just some of those shots are really cool. The like, shots are cool. It's kind it of the exaggerated cool. standing over the top of her, and she's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> but I also like the way that the zombies are coming out of the ground too. I was like, mm-hmm. that's kind of really cool. I, I kind of like that a lot. And the makeup's good, too. You got to give them credit there. But yeah, once her throat gets ripped out and West and Tissa Farrow's character Mm -hmm. get attacked, it's like, all right, another shit's starting to pop off. Good. Now at this point, it's like, all right, this is kind of the shit we've been waiting for. Like, took all this time. By now, they should know better, right? They should have put a fucking round into her. I fucking think so. Yeah. Before they left. These dudes, man. <laughs> it takes them a while, like in these films, to realize you gotta shoot them in the head. Fucking homeboy Brian almost never seems to get that. He keeps going for those body shots, wasting ammo all over. It's the like place. this is not a boxing match. You don't have to worry about the body blows. <laughs> you ain't wearing them out, dude. Just yeah, just put them down, it, man. Just put them down. 
Then they get back, yeah, they fight the zombies. That battle was pretty cool. I wasn't expecting, like, a big fucking fiery siege standoff. Yeah. Just demolished that whole place. Menard getting it on the fucking cheek. That was good. His flesh gets ripped off. That one dude's arm getting, like, chunked out. Mm, I was mm-hmm. like, that was good. I, I liked that a lot. Just to back up, just a, just a brief oh, moment. Yeah, okay. Another scene I liked, too, I was I totally forgot that happened in this film, is where uh, Ian McCulloch, Peter West character, gets that fucking cross and smashes oh, the zombie skull. Fucking dope. That was dope. I, I like that a lot. <laughs> that was fucking it's dope. Like, yeah, dude, hell yeah. But that does lead all into this. Where That might be mm, one of the finer scenes in zombie cinema. <laughs> it's really good, man. Exploding heads. Yeah, the zombie attacks, they said they like to use a lot of lighting to create shadows and stuff. Mm-hmm. That kind of separated them, too, from what Romero's zombies were like. Just a lot of shade and stuff like that. Anyway, yeah, shit starts to pop off. Shit catches on fire. Just to make it out, right? Fucking well, Brian's Brian all fucked up. fucking bit by Susan because yeah. they didn't put one in her head. Comes back and to bite him. Like... <laughs> and then he acts fucking surprised. I know. I mean, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> He's too fucking dumb to live. Right. One thing I do like they pull off, though, is when he is on the boat and he's, you know, going through his death throes, is the way they focus up on Tissa's character. It's all blurry. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at least they're giving you the effect that, yeah, he's done. But they're going to hang on to him to show him They need proof. proof. Right. And I could only think of Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, y'all don't need to go grab a zombie for Cersei for proof. Don't do that. No, it's not good news. Put one in his head. But that just leads into the downer ending. They're like, let's listen to the radio. Maybe there's something nice and going on. Yeah. Because we decided to sail all the way up from the Caribbean I do to think, New York. I think they wanted to make a stop, or at least they was imply that there was a stop they could take. And then, yeah, I guess go back up. But the whole point is, yeah, they're going to New York. <laughs> but it doesn't sound good, does it? You know, shit's popping <laughs> off because they left a zombie there in the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. Speaking of leaving something that's not going to end well, they just left a zombie on their own fucking ship, so they're not even safe on board their own ship. The no. No matter where they go at this point, it's fucked. Uh, I mean, he starts banging on the door, I guess, but everyone brings up the fact that you have the zombies wandering in over the bridge, but I'm just like, <laughs> they fucked up already, like... It doesn't matter that the city's not safe. They're not even safe where they're currently at. Right. It's like, there's danger no matter where. Mm-hmm. On boat, yeah. Land or sea. <laughs> so, one cool thing before we end this is that closing scene of the zombies on the bridge. That scene, they noted that that they, they didn't ask for permits or nothing like that. So, that was kind of like what they call a stolen scene. Mm. It's like, they woke up early. So, they brought just buckets of clay, like for the makeup. And got like 70 people to come out. I think they paid everybody like 40 bucks is what it was. And they just applied the makeup. And they said they just used like two camera handheld cameras. They fucking flash mobbed the... Yeah. And they said that they didn't record with the sound for the, the reason that people below were like stopping and looking up and honking. And it was causing delays in traffic and shit. So they just went with it, right? And got the scene with no permits. It looked good. It's like, man, you could not pull that off now. There's no fucking way. So that's Flash what I'm saying. The fucking scene. Yeah, that's what I mean a little bit too with Fulci. He's like, he had some balls. Like, he wanted to get the shot. They're going to get the shot, you know? That's why I like him. He's like, he, he was willing to take risks, right? He was kind of a hard ass on people and things like that, but... And he's probably just sitting there thinking, like, I seriously only need this for like 10 seconds. Yeah, I don't need much. I just need it. <laughs> yeah, I got to get my fix. <laughs> But I thought that was really neat. It's like, man, that is, that's pretty impressive. I mean, it's not something you actively think about in the film itself. It's like, it's just a cool shot. It's a cool scene. <laughs> but man, they took a risk. The other big realization I had when I was watching this was that I guess I never really knew what this movie was. I had heard of it and all that shit before, but I didn't know anything about the plot. I didn't know about the zombie versus the fucking shark. It's <laughs> awesome. And when we talked about Dawn of the Dead, I was like, well, shit. I mean, like, Dead Rising eventually did versus zombies in a fucking mall. Yeah. As a video game, and that was super fun. One of the Dead Rising sequels is Zombies Down in the Tropics. Oh, yeah? No doubt. I can't remember what his fucking name is, but I played a little bit of it. 
it was a lot of fun. I kind of want to play more of it, <laughs> especially after watching this movie. I'm like, oh shit, this is fucking, this is legit. Like, this is Fulci all over the place. That's awesome. Now I want to go fucking brain zombies nice, with man. a cross if I can find it. Oh man, that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> Dude, if they throw the cross in there as a fucking weapon that you can wield, I'd be like, oh, somebody knows them, some fucking Fulci. Yeah. Of course, if you're making a zombie movie, you should probably, I mean, a zombie I would video so. game, you should do your fucking homework. So. Yeah, exactly. And if not, you're welcome. <laughs> I don't know. I I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I well, still cool, take man. Beyond over this. But I understand the reason too. Is like I I do tend to like his Gates of Hell trilogy more than some of his other films. But that's no discredit because they're different mm-hmm. for a whole different reason. But still entertaining. Like I know this is only your second time seeing a Fulci film, so uh, makes me curious what you think of maybe some of his other bodies of work as well as as we progress. Yeah. Shit. Speaking as we progress. We do have next week picked up. Yeah, dude, it's going to be fun. The earth will spit out the dead and they'll suck the blood from the living, right? We're going back to some vampires next week. Yeah. It's near dark on you bitches. <laughs> I was going to say, much like we're getting here in the studio, yeah, it's getting near dark. It's getting... <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not as near dark as it would have been like a month ago. True, true that. So shit, so to listen to us talk about near dark next week... And whatever other movies we end up doing in the future, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. That would be awesome. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, that super helps us get into the algorithm, and that determines everything, like the future course of our lives. So help our lives. (laughs) God, you can always go check out www.friedsquirms.com for all of our archives, or you can contact us through that website. You can go click the links up at the top and go check out all the other shows on the Earworm Podcast Network, such as listening to my voice over on General Nerdery, talk about all sorts of nerdy shit, which I will be doing here soon. Fun. Danny, I know you got something in the works. Yeah, still cooking it up. We just added another show, The Art of War Gaming. So if you want to know how Sun Tzu's Art of War relates to Warhammer 40K, that's the kind of show for you. Awesome. We've actually talked a little bit of 40K on we this have. thanks to Event Horizon. So. Shit, what else no, what am I just, missing? Like I said, if you want to reach us, hit us up. Let us know if there's any films you'd like for us to cover, any recommendations. Once again, too, like I said, if you're an independent filmmaker, need somebody to see your films, let us know. We're up for it. And if you don't want to hit us up through the website for some reason, squirmcast.gmail.com, fried squirms across all the social medias. We're going to try to get better about that. I know that we keep saying that, but we've yeah, we're still working on here it. Here and there. We do a little bit. Yeah. We do a little bit. This week, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried squirms out. out.